opening roots and growing branches at New Life Evangelical Free Church. That's the name of this podcast. The name of myself is Paul Arnerbrick, and the name of the man sitting across from me is Pastor Brent Compelin here Hello. at New Life Evangelical Free Church. Episode 23, rolling along. And of course, I think of Psalm 23, one of my favorite psalms. Remember that if you just read three psalms a day, you'll get through the whole book. Excuse me, five psalms a day. I got to get my math right. <laughs> five psalms a day, get through in a month, or just read one psalm a day and get through the book. Uh, what is it? Three times in a year, two and a half times in a year. Psalms are a wonderful way. By the way, that's my word. I, I, I do say the word wonderful a lot. My wife pointed that out when we listened to the podcast. So <laughs> it is a fantabulous, fantastical way to, to deepen your emotional connection with God while hearing David and Asaph and the other psalmist scratch the Lord. So Psalm 23, episode 23. Brent, we're talking in part two today of the transformational outcome, yep. lonely to belonging. Yeah, and last... Last episode, if you joined us for that, if not, you can listen into that uh, previous episode. We just talked about the epidemic of loneliness in our society, our culture, our, our day. It affects all of us. I mean, to some degree, and especially coming out of the last three years after the you know global you know COVID pandemic and such. But also that there are life circumstances that cause loneliness. There are there are lies that we believe that cause loneliness about how we're unworthy to connect with others or to have belonged to anything that, that Satan will tell us that. One of the things that we're going to get into today as we talk about transforming from lonely to belonging is really capitalizing on that biblical truth that we found, are founded in the gospel, that only through Christ and only being his blood-bought children of God, being known fully by God, laid bare before the Lord. That's right. Because he knows all of us in every bit of who we are and what we have done. And because of his grace and because of Christ's blood shed on our behalf and his yes. victorious resurrection, we can be fully known and fully loved, fully forgiven. Yes. And we stand in that secure reality, and that's the only way we're going to have to move from lonely to belonging, <laughs> yes. to have true connection with others. Absolutely. I, I'm just When you were saying that, it, you reminded me of what I referred to last episode. I'm just going to quote Hebrews 4, 13. No creature is hidden from God's sight, mm. but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In fact, that reminds me of, we also referred to episode 22, we referred to Genesis chapter 3, that when Adam and Eve sinned, they knew they were naked. And here in uh, Hebrews 4, 13, they also, everyone knows... Uh, will know that they're naked, but if you know that by the Spirit, then mm. you will know that nothing can be hidden from the Lord, including our sins. Therefore, when we cast all our cares on Him, which we'll talk about in First Peter in a little mm. bit, we know we have a Heavenly Father that loves us, and He wants to forgive us. He wants us to walk with Him, and therefore, we can live in confidence that we can uh, love others with the same risky, loving uh, uh I would say intentionality that yeah. the Father loves us. Yeah, yeah. With grace, with understanding, mm -hmm. with not having relationships needing to be a transaction. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We've talked about that in previous episodes. I yeah. think that that we often approach we often approach relationships transactionally, mm -hmm. but when you stand forgiven purely by God's grace, that you have a new identity in Christ, that you're a new creation in Him, that you are fully known by God. Yes. If you think you got anything to hide. You can't go anywhere where you can hide from God. That's right. Right? What's the, what does the passage say? The, the the you can you can't go to the in the depths of the sea. Yes. Uh, anywhere, I believe that's Psalm one thirty nine. Yep. Yep. Anywhere you go, 
you can't hide. That's, that is intended to be an encouragement, not a discouragement. That's right. David was talking in the spirit about yeah. his, how much the Lord knows about him, and yeah. therefore he doesn't have anything to worry about with the and Lord. And the vastness of God's love for us. So God loves you dearly. He knows you intimately. And therefore then you do not have to isolate, be alone, and, and, and to feel that nobody knows you or that you're unworthy of being known. That's right. And the famous love chapter, the end of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, uh, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even I have been, as I have been yeah. fully known. And uh, to be known and to know is one of the greatest gifts our creator God gives us through yep. redemption is because he loves us despite all our sins, and yep. then he gives us his righteousness so we can live as Christ. Exactly. So here's where we're going to go today. We need to talk about what it means to move from that lonely to belonging, mm. and the the vehicle by which we experience belonging in Christ is Christ's body, the church. Mm -hmm. And in his sovereignty, he has chosen to use the church as the, as the ambassadors, the embassy, the vehicle by which the, uh, the, the way that we have a connection with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, as we stand redeemed, and we then become witnesses to the watching world yes. of the gospel. And so belonging, we need to talk about the church. We need to talk ecclesiology. We need to talk about what it means to belong to a church and to be a part of a church family. And one of the most important aspects to that, that I think we all have either felt or we many of us have, have really embraced in the last couple of years going through the recent COVID pandemic, is understanding the importance of face-to-face -face personal interaction. That's right. We are, as we've talked about before, we are embodied creatures. We are mm -hmm. image bearers of God. We are, we we are spirit and material that we are embodied souls and ensouled bodies. That's right. And the reality of not being lonely, um, moving from loneliness to belonging, is the importance of the visible, gathered community. That is the primary context within which we ex we understand what it means to belong to the family of God. Mm -hmm. It's a gathered, tangible, embodied church. Yes. That's what we believe in, and that's what God has designed on purpose. Yep. Ever since they met in the catacombs in the first century, mm -hmm. when the Christians were hiding from the murderous Nero, the emperor of Rome, wanting to burn them at the stake and feed them to the lions, they knew they had to meet together, and their lives depended on that, as well as their yeah. longing for yeah. the better country, a heavenly one, according to Hebrews yep. 11. I love Hebrews. I refer to that book a lot. Oh. So uh, that, is, that is something that we yeah. uh, love. So do you want to get in now to that, that main passage? Yeah. And talk yeah, about our it. adversary, or should yeah. I say it? Yeah, yeah, go for okay. it. Okay, well, I, I won't read the whole thing, but um, the context of 1 Peter 5, as Brent pointed out in our pre show meeting, is shepherds. So we need shepherds, we need overseers, we need people in our lives that can guide us. Of course, in the local church, that's the elders, it's the pastors, and it's the ministry leaders. But Verse 6 of 1 Peter 5 goes into these few verses I'm going to read right now. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, mm -hmm. casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And my parenthetical is anxiety, including loneliness. Yeah. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Mm. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. 
And then after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so uh, the idea that when Peter uses the the devil as the lion, remember the context (laughs) that that the chief shepherd is Jesus. And what does a shepherd usually shepherd? Sheep. Well, when we have herds in the wild or on farms or in ranches... The sheep and the cattle have to stick together, yep. and the lions and the wolves look to pick off the ones on the outskirts, the sick, the old, the lame, the young. And so we need to stick together. And I've heard great stories on either the Secular Planet Earth program or the Answers in Genesis teachings about how God yeah. created the yeah. animal kingdom. We need to protect the vulnerable so that we don't get picked off by the lions. Yeah. And again, this is nothing against the, the cat kind or about God's uh, post-flood <laughs> will for predators but in the the metaphorical sense satan wants to pick us off and the only way to prevent that is to be firm in the lord and to look out for each other in the body even of those of us who think we're strong paul i said i think it's paul that says be careful if you think you stand lest you too should fall yeah we need to be careful about it don't be frightful it goes Uh back to uh, first peter 5 6 humble yourself yes so even if you think you're strong let's say your prime of life you're spiritually doing well your marriage is great your job your home you need you might be easy pickings for the devil because you take your eyes off the lord so yeah i love this passage too because of that sense of humility uh, of, of, of the fact that God's going to lift us up. Like it's not uh, our own strength that's right. that we cast our anxiety upon him. I mean, it, it's just wonderful. But this metaphor of the reality of the devils prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour, I, I, that is so vivid in my mind. And it's that metaphor you just mentioned. I imagine uh, my family just went on a road trip and we just went to Yellowstone. Oh, yes. And if, of course, many of you have been to Yellowstone, but it is like the, the it is the most incredible place. Wow. And um, I actually, uh, we saw, of course, we saw bison. We saw oh, buffalo yeah. ram. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one really close to the road. And of course, some of you have probably seen YouTube videos about people getting, oh. <laughs> you know, like attacked by them. Uh, I got out of the car and I got a little too close to one. I, n- nothing happened, but I did get yelled at by a national park ranger. <laughs> he said, Bread the rebel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's con- true confessions of a yeah. pastor. He's like, you in the blue shirt, back up. You're too close. And I was like taking pictures. I got some great photos, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, nothing happened. But but anyway, these, you know, when you think about herd animals and you think or you think about a group or a, a, a flock, the, the, the roaring lion is going to look for that one that's straggling off the edge. Mm-hmm. And just simply that alone, you talk about moving from lonely to belonging or you mm-hmm. talk about the, the need for belonging within the family of God. We've got to stick together. Yes. And of all times in our culture, in our day. There are so many things to be divided about. There's so much hostility, and there's ways that the, the world around us is becoming, in, in, in the United States and in, in our own backyard, uh, opposed to Christianity and yeah. what we believe. Absolutely. So of all times, this is the time for us to cast our anxiety upon the Lord, humbling ourselves before him, realizing that the devil's looking for uh, ways to snatch us out of... Yep. You know, because if, if we if we stray away, uh, it's, it's going to be easy to sort of go down that slope and, and fall away uh, into the world's ways. Um, these are the moments when we need to realize the belonging within the church, especially that embodied like face to face community is yeah. really genuinely supporting one another that this is so imperative and critical. I think sometimes we feel a little lax about that. And many people today 
have felt like, well, it's kind of optional. Do I go to church or I don't go to church? Eh, yeah, I got a few other things going on, or we'll see what better comes up or whatever. My prayer, just 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 to cut to the chase here, yeah. my prayer for you guys listening <laughs> is that you would so crave to be a part of and to be connected to other believers because it's almost like it's like your lifeblood. It's like I I am I I wanna I long to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ because it helps me to remember who we are in the Lord, to connect with God, to worship side by side, and to remember that I belong to a greater and grander and more perfect reality called the kingdom of God. Yes. And so the loneliness I feel or the opposition that I sense or the the difficulties that I face. It's just like a drink of cold water to come and be with my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to have, like, be our desire. So church, like, to go to church is not an obligation or twisting your arm or, like, whatever else it is, that we would thirst for community of faith because we thirst for God. Yes. And we find that we are relating to God together as his body, as his children, side by side, and we look across the way and we recognize in each other's eyes, I have the same struggles that you do, and we both trust in God together. That's right, yep. And it's it goes hand in hand. When we depend on the Lord and we're strengthened by him, you you very properly pointed out in First uh, <clears throat> Peter yep. 5 that... Uh, he will exalt us. So when we humble ourselves, yep. God will exalt us. And reminds me of another one of my favorite passages, Isaiah 40, 31. I'll just say uh, when it says, they that wait for the Lord shall mm. renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. It doesn't say they'll fly. It's, uh, well, it <laughs> says they'll run everywhere and they'll walk in that faint. But the idea of an eagle is that you're soaring. We have a lot of eagles here in Hastings. I love yeah. to watch them over my property. But when you see an eagle, most of the time, the eagle's just sticking his wings out and soaring. Yeah. And it's the wind that brings him up. And what do, in, in, in John chapter 3, uh-huh. what does Jesus refer to as the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is like wind. Yeah. So th- that's the, the idea is that it's the Lord. But then back to the point about belonging, it's both our depending on the Lord to exalt us and to be yep. the wind under our wings, but it's also to reach out as if it, as it were with our wings to enfold others into that. Yep. And so it's both. And, and I will just say that if you don't have a longing for your brother and sister in Christ, first you should ask God for the desire for that, but also take a risk and go out there and not justify like getting more fulfillment out of your YouTube videos, your, your podcasts. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> or your other hobbies that are surface level, get to the deeper part. And then the reality is we're going to relate to different people different ways. But the beauty of the body of Christ, it's meant to be diverse. It's meant to be multifaceted, all the ages, as I've said recently in a service. It's meant to be all the stages of life and also the hurting as well as the strong. We're one body together, and that is what belonging is, the vision of the Lord for his church. Yeah. I love the metaphors in the Bible that talk about the, the, the family of God. Yes. Family is, it's such a rich description, a metaphor. And many of us have really challenging or difficult or often painful and hurtful experiences with family. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that doesn't mean that family's wrong (laughs) in itself. God designed family and he created it. He made it on purpose and into function in certain ways. He's our heavenly father. He's called us to be a part of his family. He's adopted sons and daughters. Yes. So we can redeem that sense of family within the church. And it doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means that we bear with one another in love. It means that when we do have conflict, we, we approach it with grace and forgiveness and restoration in ways that honor the Lord as we deal with the things within, within the body. 
And so you can find a sense of belonging, but not belonging to a group of people who are pretending to be perfect. Yes. That is not at all what we're doing. So you don't show up and sit there and compare to one another or put on a smiling face. I would much rather, church, can I just encourage you? I would much rather on a Sunday morning, if I come up to you to shake your hand or to say hello and say, how you doing? I would much rather you tell me the truth than to like fake a <laughs> smile, okay? Yeah. Now, I realize that's hard to do like on a Sunday morning because it's like, well, it's maybe a 30 second conversation. But even if like to, 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 to cultivate a greater sense of honesty about how we're really doing, to be able to receive those uh, to opportunities to connect with one another with compassion and grace and with with a genuine sense of care for one another. I would, we, I want to go that direction rather than any kind of superficial, uh, you know, fake kind of version of belonging. Mm -hmm. Now, um, something that we've, we've been encountering in the culture that we're in, and I just want to kind of put a plug for a a book if, if, if if anybody's interested, because I love this passage that we've been, we've been vamping on here for a few minutes, knowing that, um, as this passage that you read ends, it says that, Um, We need to resist Satan standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers through the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. And I'm reading a different version, but Mm -hmm. um, it's that Peter, first Peter, Peter is writing about a church that's in scattered across uh, Asia Minor, scattered across the Roman world and is dealing with a lot of persecution, a lot of pushback, a lot of context within which it's not easy to be a Christian. And he's saying, look, find some encouragement from the reality that there's other people struggling in the same way that you are. Yes. Because Satan wants to take you down. Yep. But guess what? God's way more powerful. Absolutely. And he's going to he's going to give the victory in those things but only because we have faith, deep abiding trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we we go and cast our cares upon him. Yes. And that he's going to lift us up. And that as this passage ends, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered for a little while, so you might not get, you know, sort of a get out of jail free card on the suffering, <laughs> he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Yes. That's our hope. And so if you're out there and you're lonely, um, dealing with a sense of unworthiness to belong, um, we come to belong in the church not in the sense of a superficial kind of belonging or in a secular sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we got on the show here, I was asking Paul, I was like, one of the things I want to talk about is you can find belonging, quote unquote, at the YMCA or That's like right. at a knitting club or like at a, uh, uh, on, a on a basketball team uh, or, or, you know, gaming online. Mm-hmm. You can find a sense of belonging in those, but there's a sense of limitation to that belonging. Um there's a sense of a different belonging that is a brotherhood and sisterhood in the Lord that happens in the church. Yes. That has an eternal ramification in reality that goes way deeper in terms of our inner transformation and the Holy Spirit indwelling us. The same spirit indwells me that indwells you, that indwells her and him and everyone else in this church community. And all the saints that have gone before. Yes. Which is amazing. And globally today and yes. all those realities. So when, when, when a guest comes on Sunday morning, when we're doing what I like to call the family meal, which is like Sunday dinner is that's what, that's what the worship service is to me. It's like the whole family gets together, all the generations and we all sit down at the table together with our heavenly father and we get to participate in a feast from his word and, and spend time with God together as a, as a family. If a guest comes to that table and you've got an open place setting, you want that person to feel a sense of welcome, the warmness of the community, all those various things. 
but let's say that person's not a believer. Mm-hmm. They may say, and I feel so loved and welcomed. But there's also this sense that there's another layer that they're not quite participating in yet because they're not a brother or sister. That's right. And like we want to, to show a sense that when you come in repentance and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, made a new creation as you're justified and then sanctified in the Lord and made right in his eyes and, and have that future hope. When you're a son or a daughter, blood-bought child of God, it is a we want to make that like a, 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 like a tantalizing reality. I don't know the best way to put it. Mm. We want to make people hungry for that reality because there's, there is a sense of welcome to anyone who wants to understand what, like, what, what it means to have friendship and connection. But we also want to make really evident and clear that, that being adopted as a child of God, like being a part of the family, is a wonderful amazing privilege and experience that is purely by God's grace. And it's like, we want to make you hungry to join and to be a part of that reality and to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Yes. And it's just beautiful. So um, did you, I didn't want to cut you off there. No, I, I don't know. I, I was going to just chime in. Uh, when <laughs> Jesus also refers to it as a commitment, consider the cost. Mm. So there is, uh, it only costs your whole life. To be part of that family, right? Is, <laughs> yes. And I don't say Die that yourself. as a downer or as a type A or as a former Catholic. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the idea that it is everything you have, but you're getting the whole world. That is yeah. what it says in um, Romans 8.32. He who uh, did not spare his only son, but freely give him for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? So we give our all to the Lord. He gives us all back and more than we can ever ask or imagine. And I just want to, before you get to this yep. book, Brent, yep. I just want to give a little bit <clears throat> of a plug in terms of uh, being watchful in, mm-hmm. in 1 Peter 5. Remember that Satan, as he as he prowls along like a lion, mm. trying to pick us off. It's not only in this overt spiritual warfare, like ah, you know, the, yeah. the things that are horrific persecutions or or accidents or things like that. It could be simply slow leaks of temptation. Spend more time doing this than mm. pursuing the Lord. Spend more time with your buddies than your wife and your yeah. children. Do things that are more compromising with your theology and, or should I say, yeah. your your devotion to the Lord? Because yeah. theology could be overrated in the sense that it's not just about studying; it's about living out our yeah. faith. So uh, we as believers are to be discerning of everything we're choosing to do, lest there is a wedge. Uh, what does it say uh, in, in Ephesians 4? Do not let the sun down to go down your anger yeah. and do not give the devil a foothold. So yeah. anything we do in our life, be aware. Satan's looking for a crack. He's looking for the weakness. There's a, a quote from the movie Luther from 2003. He said, 6,000 years of practice. He knows all the weak spots. So we <laughs> need to know. He knows us really well to be vigilant, yeah. to be watchful, and talk about how we can know about this book, Brent, that'll give us yeah. more armor to uh, know why the local church is so God-ordained for our own good. Yeah. I, you know, one of our parts of our vision for our church is to help each one of us embrace the beautiful depth, the beautiful reality of what it means to be a part of the family of God in the local church. And some, like I said, some of us have good and sometimes challenging experiences with the church, or some have walked away, some are coming back to the church. Some of us have had great experiences. One of the things that we want to be uh, intentional about at New Life is to be a place um, where really we're centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, are, we preach the word. We are not ashamed of the truth. 
that we have convictional kindness, we act with grace and truth, but that as a, as a community of faith, that we can, um, we can value in the best sense the embodied reality of the church, that we are going to do relationships side by side, face to face, flesh and blood, and whether you're an extrovert or introvert, it's for everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that we've got this beautiful property and that we've got a wonderful community of people and we want to encourage each one of us to say, how am I going to connect with others in like a real and intentional way? And it's not just connection in the trite sense. It's the, connect, it's the connection that is ultimately connecting with God in our relationship with him that is restored only through Christ, redeemed only through him and his blood, but also a connection with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And then a living witness as we act and walk as the church so that we are connect, we are we are showing the love of Christ to the community around us in evangelism and outreach and the way that we work in our vocation in our neighborhood in our families in our every context in every area of life that we in our as a church body we're we're gathered and we're also out on mission and scattered into the places that God's put us to be on mission for His glory. That's right. So that means embracing the fullness of the embodied face to face walk with each other, love each other deeply, encourage, rebuke, <laughs> uh, training one another, connecting in ways that really um, show that we're truly a family. Yes. That's really the goal. So uh, maybe that's a long-winded way of saying, hey, let's enjoy being a church. <laughs> yes. There's a great book that came out in 2021 that uh, kind of was published by Crossway uh, and Nine Marks and the Gospel Coalition was, co was partnering with this. Uh, it's called Rediscover Church, Why the Body of Christ is Essential. And Rediscover Church, Why the Body of Christ is Essential by Colin Hansen and Jonathan Lehman. And this is a, um, this is a book that, that was published in 2021, right in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was done on purpose for those who were experiencing a situation where many people walked away from the church or decided, you know what, I can do church from my living room or my, you know, on my computer or on my phone in my pajamas. Yeah. What's the, the, why the body of Christ is essential is really focused on uh, uh, what the church is, how can we belong to a church, why do we need to gather physically together? Mm -hmm. what are, why, why is preaching so essential? Why is you know, committing to join a church and to really um, get connected with these people, why is this so important? Um, it, it really capitalizes, I think it complements our own disciple-making pathway to get connected, get grounded, get healthy, get strong, and get going. It's We would love to have you see the church as a place of belonging, and again, not in that kind of trite or superficial sense, but in the deep sense of being the brother, brothers and sisters in Christ together, pursuing the Lord side by side with grace, transparency, true connection and belonging and, and, and being known, uh, but walking in God's grace day by day. And so that's the invitation to go from lonely to belonging. It's, that's a transformational outcome we want to pursue. And, I, and this book is very helpful for, for helping to, to give an interview, or a, excuse me, a, uh, an introduction to that. I love the quote right on the back cover. It says, a Christian without a church 
is a Christian in trouble. That is foreboding, but we need to realize that that a Christian with a church is a Christian empowered by God's will and in that herd, as it were, to protect ourselves against the real enemy of our souls, Mm. Satan, and against our own flesh, which will eat us away if we are told the lie that loneliness is our lot in life Mm. or even our, our, our wallowing in our sinful habits or our doubt or even what you referred to a couple of different times, Brent. Many of us have had bad experience with the family. Yeah. Some of us have expe- bad experience with the church. And yet neither of those are excuses to not pursue the Lord's will in first relationship with him and then relationship with the local body so that we're strengthened to truly be loving to everyone outside the church. We need yeah. all three, the Lord, the church, and then the will and the love to outreach to others who are dying and in desperate need of a savior. Yeah. Amen. We don't want to ever lose that uh, mission the outreach uh, value and imperative and urgency. Yes. There are so many people around you, dear listener. There are so many people that, because it could be you, you might be experiencing loneliness right now, but there are so many people around you whom you you live near, um, your neighbors, your family members, your coworkers, people that you meet in the, on the street or in the store or, or who you interact with at school or whatever context. You're going to walk by so many people who are experiencing a sense of isolation, being unworthy and lonely, and like just a, 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 a sense of despair around that. And yes. people will turn to so many other things in order to try and pacify that or to try and seek some kind of false salvation or God with that or idol or, or, or sometimes ways to, to numb that. And, and the calling, one of the beautiful realities of the church is that we can truly belong to the family of God and find that we're known by God fully and fully loved by him by his grace. And therefore we can connect with each other within the family of God and find that we are truly known and loved within the church family. And that's the invitation to all of you. Yes. And, and when you're saying, saying just now about <laughs> the uh, the desperation, I, I I just thought of a quote that Tiffany Newharth said to us and mm-hmm. my niece, Jessica, whose dream is to be in therapy farming. They both said this, the opposite of addiction is belonging. So yeah. that's another way to look at it. In fact, yeah. it's not just all about chemical addiction. It's about addiction to social media. It's yes. about addiction to other things that are destructive, yep. uh, even addiction to money or success or comfort yeah. or your creature comforts that are like, I need my my routine and I'm not going to deign to reach out to anybody else for fear of rejection or just for fear of losing time. Yep. I often pray, Lord, prepare me for the day of persecution and inconvenience. Because sometimes when we're <laughs> called to reach out in love, it's yeah. not convenient, but that's how we're going to find where Christ is when he wants us to go forward and to take a risk. In fact, my quick anecdote in my neighborhood yeah. just today in my run, I said, hi, Doug. I thought it was Doug. No, my name is Jeremy. Oh, where's Doug? Well, he died last Friday. What? Oh, my. I had yeah. no idea he had pancreatic cancer. I had no idea he was diagnosed in March. I had no idea he died last Friday. And he was only maybe 70. I mean, in nowadays, okay. that's kind of young. And then my next-door yep. neighbor might have died. And this is strange for me to say this in a public podcast. <laughs> but the point is, I, you never know how much time a person has. Even yeah. if they seem like they're of the age, they might pass on, according to Moses, 70 or 80. Yeah. You've got to be kind now, even if it's not using the gospel itself. It could just be your demeanor. It could be treating them as a fellow image bearer, if not a fellow yeah. Christ bearer, but we're in the local body. Most of us claim Christ, therefore love them as if it's the last time you'll ever see them. Yeah. Look them in the eye and be curious and ask questions to get ask to know questions. them. I like that adage. I like uh, that phrase from Yeah, you. we've talked about that already here, but 
Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I, so that's the encouragement, folks, is, is that the, one of the things that God wants to do to change and transform us by His Spirit through the gospel of Jesus Christ in our cultural moment is to move from lonely to belonging. Yes. And that's done through the embodied reality of the church, because that's God's good gift and beautiful thing for us. Yes, well, thank you for your patience as we have gone off on various riffs. We are endeavoring to do this by the Spirit of the Living God. This is Paul Unterberg with Pastor Brent Compelling, Roots and Branches. We're looking forward to episode 24 coming up to a podcast venue near you.